Ava, and uh, welcome back to the Activation Phase podcast. Um, I'm Tim, and I'm with JP. Hi there. Hi. So uh, we, we're talking about Romans today, so that's why I did the very weird thing. But yeah, let's do this. Uh, before we get into the Romans, though, we need uh, to do two very important things. First things first, we set up a voicemail, and we talked about it last episode at, at the end. And um, just to let you guys know again, we have a voicemail. You guys can uh, can call us and leave us a voicemail for very your hot takes, your controversial opinions, or like your ideas, your army lists that you've never seen before, or anything like that. Just um, leave us a voicemail at 0049-6404-803076. Just give us a call, leave a message, and we'll talk about it on the on the podcast. So that's that's that out of the way. Uh, JP? First of all, we'd uh, like to uh, shout out some of our listeners. <laughs> so uh, starting off with, uh, we have some listeners from South Africa, from uh, Gauteng province. So nice. uh, hello, welcome. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, feel free to uh, let us know how, how the, uh, the scene is down there. We're talking about the Romans today. Yes. What do you know about the Romans, uh, Tim? <laughs> About the Romans, so I uh, I think we all know the Romans as those uh, as these like imperial square shield looking dudes fighting uh, fighting Obelix and the, the Germans, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, but th those are not the Romans we're talking about today. We're talking about the like late imperial Romans, I think. So um, up to four sixty. Yeah, I don't that's... think it's it's super clear in in Saga. I think the... right, right. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a blurred line when exactly um, this is taking place, but yeah, I think I think that's a good a, a place as any to to draw the line. The the ones that we're covering right now are less well equipped, less well populated armies um, of the uh, the late Roman Empire when they seem to be fighting each other as much as fighting random barbarians. Um, so there's a lot of civil wars going on. There's also a split uh, coming into place between the Western and Eastern empires. Uh, this particular battle board also covers both. So in the previous version, uh, in Aetius and Arthur, you actually had an Eastern Roman uh, version of this board where you would just use the uh, kind of Age of Vikings uh, uh, board. However, here they've done away with that and they just said the, the equipment options and the playstyle kind of covers both. So they've so they've removed that and put everything there. Nice. For the completely novice person, why would you play Romans? Kind of what's the flavor? Okay, so for me, the Romans, they feel like they're a very like, organized army because they have the, the like, impetus mechanic, which kind of feels like they're... Uh, yeah, how organized are they right now? Like, how well are they doing in the battle right now? Um, so I like that. That reflects that sometimes they did not like they didn't feel organized at all and sometimes they were just like in perfect ranks or like in perfect order and uh, doing um doing everything as commanded so i i like that i feel like that's uh that's that's kind of thematic so um yeah I, I, and i feel like the romans are you can play the manubalista um that's the only faction that has has it and uh that's very big for me i, I like it i uh, i i even have one like right next to me on the table and i uh, i'm painting it up right now and I love that thing. I think it's super good as a like Death Star killer. So that's that's my my uh, my reason why I like the Romans. Yeah, personally, I um, I think the Roman way of playing is they're actually very very flexible. Um, when we move on to discuss the equipment options, will you'll see that they they have 
a lot of different equipment options where you can yeah. really just mix and match, kind of fit it to your own playstyle. Um, in discussing this beforehand, we both kind of settled on a playstyle which we thought was, kind of, I guess, the most optimal. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, the playstyle that fits everyone. Uh, where uh, shooting plays a large role, and then that's kind of backed up with um, some some melee levy to kind of bulk out the army a little bit. How I would describe the the battle board is like it's a pretty solid middle of the road type uh, type board. Like the shooting is 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 good, not great. The melee abilities are are good, not not great. The defense <laughs> abilities are good, not great. So yeah, yeah, it's like they do everything pretty well but for example the sassanids will outshoot you i think the goths will out out combat you for sure uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the britons will out defense you also the picks will out out maneuver you but they can hold up relatively well to everyone so i think it's actually a pretty good warband and it's it's one i would definitely take to tournament and being worried about you know any bad matchups or something because it it's it probably gets along pretty well in every single situation. I feel like the Swiss Army knife of armies, right? I feel like they, uh, yeah, they can do everything a little bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I also, personally, the aesthetic of this particular time period for the Romans is my favorite one. I think Oof. it's, um, I, I really, for some reason, I have a dislike for the early imperial kind of the square shields. That's a hot take right there. Just letting you know. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I've just seen them too often, but I just don't yeah. like it. Yeah, so for me, this is kind of like the optimal period of the Roman uh, kind of like aesthetic. But more, it's also a kind of, maybe it's it's to do with uh, kind of liking the, like stepping into wargaming and doing 40K where everything's like grim dark and everything's horrible and, and humanity's about to be wiped out. But you kind of get the same feeling for the Romans in this position. Right. Like yeah. you have, yeah. they're being attacked on every single... Every single border and being pushed back and and they just don't seem to, to manage to catch a break kind of you get that vibe essentially yeah having covered that let's uh chat about some of the very interesting mechanics and special features and equipment of uh, this warband so you mentioned the manubalista so why don't you give the listeners uh the rules for the manubalista the manubalista is a single figure unit it's on one base with with their with the crew but it still counts as one model um, it counts as a unit of six six levies for uh, for points. It doesn't generate a saga dice. It has resilience one, armor three in melee and in shooting, um, and it generates one attack die in melee and a uh, spe special rule for the attack die dice in shooting. You, your range for shooting is is two L's, so like twenty four inches, which is basically always the whole board. And that will that will probably only be broken by uh, high terrain, so like woods or hills. When it's activated to, for a shoot, its shooting aggression is equal to half the number of figures in the targeted unit. So, if you shoot a death cannon of twelve warriors or whatever, uh, you'll get six shots. And on that on that shot, you also get plus one to to hit. So, um, I think it's very very good at killing like hearth hearthguard death cannons on horses, even maybe. Or um, just like uh, twelve packs of warriors is also very good, um, I, and I know you hate uh, attacking levies, but it might also work to attack like um, a twelve stack of um, shooting like bow levies because in two rounds of shooting you'll probably be, be able to take the saga die so die away. So I think that might might be worth it. It's a huge like very 
far distance threat for the enemy. You might even, yeah, it's I think it's probably the only one that can compete with the uh, Norman shooting from the by Age of Vikings. You can't deploy it or you can't move it into uh, uneven terrain or dangerous yeah. terrain. So it just it's like that's impassable. I think that's that's one of the downsides because then you can't. Uh, you're relatively easy to charge because you'll be in open terrain. Uh, but that's I think for the price of six levy. Well, first of all, you've got the damage potential that it can bring to the table, and then secondly you start messing around with what your opponent actually wants to deploy and how they're going to organize their warband. For example, yeah. I think it would be suicidal to have a, a group of eight Hearthguard yeah, in sure. one yeah, unit yeah, yeah. because you're just kind of asking to be shot <laughs> um, by the uh, by the Mana Ballista, especially since it functions essentially like a, um, like a crossbow. I think messing around with your opponent's battle plan and deployment is always good. It huge. adds that. I think it, that in itself, even if it doesn't end up killing anything, it makes units themselves uh, a little bit more manageable to uh, to take down and, and reduce the uh, uh, reduce the dice. So I think I think just in in that it's, it kind of pays for itself already. Moving on to a special mechanic. So the Romans have something called impetus. Uh, you um, essentially are maxed out at uh, four impetus and you can bring it down to zero impetus and you can essentially um, use it or some of the abilities are uh, you are or require a certain amount of impetus to be triggered or they give you bonuses depending on the impetus level that you have when you trigger the ability so well that sounds a little bit vague and generic but i think will become clear once we uh, we talk about the abilities i think the equipment options are are very amazing, very Roman-like. I think they uh, represent, like they, uh, they feel very similar to the uh, Age of Vikings equipment options. So uh, I'll just uh, let's just go through them real quick. The warlord can be mounted on a Horus, and the mounted warlord can be equipped with cataphract armor. So might might be good. The hearthguards have the same. They can be mounted on a Horus, and they if they are mounted on a Horus, they can be equipped with cataphract armor. The warriors, um, they can have no equipment options, so just like spear and shield. They can be equipped with bows on foot, and then we they can be equipped with horses and bows, so composite bows, just like yeah, just mounted bowmen. And the uh, levies can be equipped with with no equipment options, so just spear and shield or uh, javelins, which is also which is also good. But yeah, not a, not the biggest fan of the levies with the Romans, but yeah, we'll talk about that later, I think. There's 12, 12 different equipment options which you can take. So these are obviously using the purple Roman dice, so no no uh, surprise there. Um, and uh, those are the same dice you're using for Byzantines and last Romans so uh, and Britons as well. So there's pretty good overlap in, in terms of uh, not having to buy like the Teutonic dice set or something. Anyway, moving on to the battleboard itself. So like we yes. said at the beginning, we're actually going to uh, walk through the entire battleboard, starting from the top. So except for the usual activations in terms of uh, your 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 heroes, hearthguards, warriors, levy, and combat bonus, you have the rallying cry. So this replaces the activation pool ability. So this, as well as the orders or um, this is orders or an orders reaction ability. Essentially, you can put any dice facing on here and you increase your impetus level by one or two if you use the rare dice. So um, this probably doesn't say very much to you yet because we haven't talked about the <laughs> impetus, but this is pretty useful. There is an activation pool type ability lower down on the advanced ability. So 
you're not losing out completely. Let's talk about that. Probably like one of the least interesting abilities, and it's just it's just about your impetus. So um, let's say uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 one rare. Um, it's an orders ability. You can take two of your available saga dice, and the big important thing is, or three if your impetus is uh, two or less, and then you can roll them and um, add them to your inactive saga dice. So if you kind of spend your impetus in the turn turn before, um, you get for one rare you get three new dice. So that's that's kind of better than the <laughs> activation pool, but you can only use it once, um, and you have to have spent. Uh, your impetus before. So yeah, let's get into what an impetus does. Get into all the all the abilities that use it, and uh, just start us off, JP. Sure. So starting off the top left, we're gonna start off with Fotis. So that's also a rare. Seems to be a little bit of a theme with many many rares coming up here. This is Order's reaction phase. So choose an enemy unit until the end of the turn. It suffers an additional fatigue at the end of each shooting attack it makes and melee it is in. You can reduce your impetus by one to choose one additional unit or by two to choose two additional units. So, um, yeah, for me, this is, like a, again, a, an ability where you can control what your opponent is doing. Um, it's also orders reactions phase, so you know who, uh, based on how they're going to place their dice in terms on, on the, the basic abilities, roughly what they're going to do and which units they're going to do it with. So, therefore... Um, you kind of know which which units you you have to choose uh, to affect this ability, and essentially you can completely yeah fatigue out uh, a unit of um, for example uh, Huns or any, kind of like those kind of units. So it's it really controls your your opponent. I think it's so good if the like game allows it, and I have a rare to spare, the it it, it will go on here because. And I'll always spend the if if I if I can if I can afford it I'll always spend the impetus as well to uh, get two extra two additional units because it's one rare basically and two impetus which yeah I know is a lot but you still uh, you still take like three units out of this turn like I think that's huge you basically control what the other person can do and you For increase sure, the yeah. price of anything that they can do yeah um, and and roughly if you if you give an extra fatigue to a unit it costs your opponent. Uh, one dice to remove it, like one saga dice to remove yeah. it, right? So yeah. I think the the trade off there is is pretty good um, in terms of just dice dice efficiency if you get that rare. So I, yeah, I think it's it's also yeah, like you're not going to play it every turn. It's it's not one that that's relevant. Um, so the difficulty here is that it's obviously a rare, so it needs to come up kind of on the on the right turn. However, you can kind of put it on there uh, in anticipation of one of those turns coming up. Yeah, um, yep. especially against the the composite bow type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> type I, I played it against the Huns once, and they were just screwed. You know, like big plops of warriors, they just can't do stuff. Like they they're screwed. You want to uh, take the next one? Yeah, it, next one is uh, Lemus. And uh, just real quick for that, I uh, grew up next to the Lemus in uh, like central Germany, so this one is uh, kind of kind of my ability. <laughs> it's a melee ability. Um, unit with for one uncommon die. Unit within S of another friendly unit without ranged weapons. Reduce your impetus by one uh, to get a plus one bonus to your defense dice. So I think it's 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 good to uh, to keep your unit safe, right? Um, so you can you can keep your archers safe, or you can keep your um, 
yeah, if, if anything in your front lines was charged and you have another unit without ranged weapons nearby, it just it's just a it's just it's just a way to keep your uh, units safe. If you close ranks and you uh, play this, you'll save on threes and in, in melee. So yeah, your your unit will probably just stand there. Yeah, I think it's also good because it's well. First of all, it's it's only for melee, so it's not something you can use against shooting, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it is. Um, uh, I think once we get to the the organization of the warband, um, I think we both. W- We'll probably say you rely heavily on a unit of twelve um, warriors with bows. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that, uh, so it keeps that unit relatively safe. So first of all, you kind have of, to charge yeah. 12, uh, 12 warriors. Okay, they're they're armor three, so that's not great. But uh, even with this, you can like a four plus on your defense dice is it's surprisingly surprisingly effective. I wouldn't discount it and. The way that you play the Romans, you do tend to keep your your warband a little bit clustered, um, especially with the the next ability we're going to talk about. Oof, yeah. The conditional requirement of having a unit of, with an S with uh, without ranged weapons of that unit is is not really a problem for any uh, any unit which you're likely to yeah. use this on. So I, I I don't think there's a lot of downside. So I'm pretty I, th- I think this is pretty pretty legitimate. Unfortunately, the impetus is a little bit of a I think yeah, it's maybe think a little so bit too. of a kick, kick in the groin um, because you're already using an uncommon. So I think maybe that's a little bit, a little bit much, but uh, it's fine. So I'll take the next one. So that's combined formation. So that's common or an uncommon. It's an activation ability. So activate a unit of warriors to shoot for this activation. Their range and line of sight are measured from any point in another friendly unit within S. Huge. I'm a really big fan of this uh, this ability. So first of all, you can activate a unit of warriors to shoot with an uncommon dice. Just we've all had turns where you only roll like not the ones that you want. So this kind of adds that extra flexibility of being able to activate the unit of warriors with an uncommon. And then secondly, that's just kind of the first part and not even getting to the act- activation itself. For example, if you have a blob of uh, 12 levy within S of, of your unit, you're, you don't have to worry about being in range of pretty much most of the board because your entire measurement is, you can just point out a levy and say, uh, this levy is the kind of the point I'm measuring everything from. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, spreading out your unit or anything like that. It's just, it just works, right? Uh, same thing with the line of sight. So it becomes very powerful, um, area denial i think this is actually better than the volley fire ability that the normans have because uh, you can shoot kind of around things because the line of sight uh, is being taken from a point in the the unit next to you so you don't even have to worry about where your unit actually is placed so that means either you can put your unit of of, uh, bow warriors behind and nice and safe behind some some melee unit or you can kind of use it to shoot around obstacles that you wouldn't normally be able to uh, shoot around so for me, this is something I would play essentially every single turn. And there's also yep. no penalty in terms of impetus for this uh, ability. So that's just yeah, like, it's just great, right? Just, just, just uh, to, to make, uh, like to really let you know how good this ability is. If you, if you spread your, uh, your unit of 12 warriors, like to the max, and you spread the 12 unit, like the 12 man unit of levies to the max, um, like the furthest warrior can shoot for 34 inches that's like almost three l's just just letting you like that's <laughs> that's insane. like three, three l's and around 
around yeah. cover. So and around cover. Yes. Yeah, so just just to let you know how crazy good that one is. This with the Manu Ballista, it just makes it such a good shooting shooting warband. Next up, Ardor, which uh, takes two common dice. It's a melee ability. Reduce your impetus by one. Next, gain attack dice and defense dice equal to your impetus plus one. So uh, that's kind of a trend you'll see throughout the battleboard. Whenever you, uh, like most of the time when you reduce your your impetus by one, you'll get the effect that you uh, that you paid for like by by your current impetus value. So like minus one, but you get the uh, you get dice for your impetus plus one. So because the ability only triggers after you spent your impetus, that's their way of kind of like making sure that when you had four, four impetus when you started the ability that you actually got gain four dice for it. So back to Ardo, I don't, it's not my favorite one, I think. I think you um, you spend one impetus, so that's basically one one die, and you spend two um, two common dice, so that's kind of kind of like three dice for four in the best case scenario for um for four attack and four defense dice and i'm not a great, like not a big fan of this i think because i'm i'm very confident that there are other abilities on this board that do the uh the damage output or the defensive ability better than ardor does yeah i think the i, I wouldn't play this if i didn't have four impetus on my board yeah 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 for sure Next is Baratus, which is a common plus a uncommon. This is an activation. So reduce your impetus by between one and four. Then activate that many units. They get two bonus attack dice and two bonus defense dice if they charge, or one bonus attack die if they activate to shoot. Personally, I've, I've used this. It's nice as, as in it's a good multiple activation uh, of the warband which is not something you have uh, on this warband, unfortunately. So this is the only way of activating uh, four units, but then you're you're essentially kind of without impetus and that's not good. I think it's decent. It's very situational though, because I mean, you, each unit gets does get like two attack and two defense dice if you activate them for a charge. And just like two attack and two defense dice in themselves are nice, I think, if you use this for like, Two or three three units that might be okay, but it's also situational. Like if you have anything better to play, that might do the trick better. Probably not do this at the beginning of the of the game. Uh, it's something you do at the end of at the end of the game if you need to. Yeah, if you can afford it, um, that's that's one thing. You, normally, by the end of the game, you're kind of struggling with impetus, and then having to I don't know having to spend two dice though. You can you can kind of give that extra little push, right? And uh, at the end, where you spend two dice to get reasonable defensive and have some attack dice, and in addition to actually activating yeah. four units, but then you're kind of done. So if you're the last last player um, and you need to get something done, then <laughs> yes. Um, if maybe not, wait. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe wait. Right. So next up uh, is Rumbate. I think it's what it's called. So that takes. Um, one uncommon or one rare. It's an activation ability, and it only works with infantry without ranged weapons. Reduce your impetus, impetus by one, unless you use a rare. Then activate a unit for a shooting attack with a range of M that generates no fatigue. For this activation, your figure's shooting aggression is one. The enemy unit's armor is increased by one. So I think first when this battleboard came out, um, the first reaction was, uh, let's just take a 12 stack of levies and get 12 shots with it. and uh, 
obliterate the uh, the enemies, but then we kind of realized that you can only get eight shots in the first step of uh, shooting. So, yeah, a uh, a eight stack of levies or of uh, warriors probably does the trick just as well. And uh, it gen generates no fatigue, so that's nice, I think. And um, having having just eight shots is is really good and really powerful. Especially, it's it gets even like it's more powerful against units with low armor, right? Because um, having units with low armor get one more armor is not as as painful or like as uh, as bad as having a unit with five armor go up to six, because then you'll just yeah, even even mounted units will. Uh, it's super good against, 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 because, against okay, mounted units. Yeah, to, yeah, it makes it really really scary, and and essentially you can. Um, it's kind of like giving a, a unit of um, like melee, like a melee unit javelins, like less, less or even better javelins, but, because it's um, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. It depends. Actually, you you kind of increase the volume of shots, <laughs> but the quality is lower. So depending on what you're trying to do, it it, it kind of yeah. So the the rule of thumb here is uh, go for go for horses or go for like um, units with uh, shooting armor three. Whatever they have that that's. Uh, yeah, that's or maybe shooting armor four because shooting armor five to go with this is just not not going to be fun. Whenever I can play it, I I play it. How I like to to run lev melee levy, it's like sure you're capped out at eight, but that's not a big deal. You're right, still throwing yeah. eight dice, and like it, it kind of keeps people from wanting to park <laughs> a unit within M yeah. of uh, yeah. one of your units. Like people just don't want to don't want to deal with it so it it makes uh, even even units that are kind of mediocre like levy pretty good actually personally i like it it's a shame about the impetus i'm not sure i would put i would rare on that yeah. unless i was rolling like yeah two or three rare but on the other hand like you don't have to worry about bringing your impetus up back up so if i was flush with rares like yes i would <laughs> definitely put it on there signa so this is um a common or an uncommon activation so activate up to two units for a rest you can remove up to two fatigues from each of these units but if you do then the unit cannot activate again during this turn um so i think this is uh, actually very useful for the manubalista easy way of getting rid of uh, fatigue from a levy since you're using uh, yeah. you can use a common common dice to do that especially if you're kind of using the levy as blockers and and you don't particularly want to charge them like sure yes you're gonna miss out on the plumbata since you can't uh, activate them again but like you yeah if someone charges some melee levy they survive <laughs> and they they have some fatigue and then suddenly they don't have any fatigue anymore it's just like ugh, you know you have to start yeah. again personally I, I really like anything where you can activate multiple uh, units anyway I'm a big fan of and then if you can remove remove fatigue it's always good so this is a you can either use it as just removing one fatigue as a rest so you do have to do it as the first activation uh, of the unit because it is a rest in the end it's yeah, not, not like, like you just remove fatigue thing or something yeah yeah so it is something you have to do at the, the start but you do have the choice of either just doing getting a, a pretty cheap rest activation for two units or just completely wiping up to four fatigue from two different units yeah i feel like it's pretty good on the warlord as well right it takes two yeah, uh, two definitely. fatigues from the warlord and he can kind of stay safe in the midst of battles i mean he cannot attack this turn but uh, with all the other abilities and uh, your other units around i think the, yeah he stays pretty safe with this yeah also it doesn't require impetus so yeah that's if you're that's good. if you have zero impetus then yeah, yeah <laughs> no big deal 
and you will like yeah your impetus will have suffered when you're when all units are fatigued anyway so i think it's it's very good all right next up is scooter it's a shooting reaction or melee ability reduce your impetus by one you can reroll a number of defense dice of your choice up to your current impetus value plus one i'm, I'm not sure about this one i think it's I feel like it goes with the theme of the Romans of being mediocre or like okay for me because it it's it's uh, one impetus and one common so uh, kind kind of expensive but it's also rerolling for defense dice which is never bad <laughs> so uh, I, I think this mine this one is situational again yeah I think it's good with with the common uh, so the cost in terms of dice is not great and then it's also good because it's a shooting. Or a melee, so you can kind of choose um, depending on what's coming at you when to use it. So yeah, I think it's it's okay in terms of the board. It's kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Um, and and like you said, yeah, rerolling defense dice is always good. So uh, let's skip over adversity. That's the uh, kind of fake um, activ <laughs> uh, activation pool one. So we've already covered that one. So on to the last one. So in this sign, conquer. And this one. This big. is a. Yep. It's a uh, rare or an uncommon. It's shooting or melee uh, ability. So reduce your impetus by one. Next, discard attack dice equal to your impetus value plus one. For each die discarded in this way, add one automatic hit to the hits you score. First of all, automatic hits are always good. Yeah. It's since it's a shooting a shooting attack, it's very good against uh, cataphracts. Is the, they're they're obviously armor five, and then yeah, you don't just kind of bypass that and uh, you hit anyway i would always uh, discard the maximum amount of uh, or try and do this with the maximum impetus and yeah. discard uh, the maximum amount of dice so this is great against warlords obviously because you uh, like warlords hearth guard and and cataphracts um, and even um, as people in uh, hardcover i love it as a surprise combo with plumbate right because uh your your levies are kind of snipers for a second here. If they they can just throw eight dice at a at a warlord or something, and he's heal he will be armor six, but you can also just get four auto, like four auto hits, and that's I think it's so good. Like uh, even I think it's worth the the price that you pay in terms of impetus. Yeah. So I'm I'm not too upset by that. I think this one's uh, very valuable. I'm not sure I would use a, a rare on it. I think there's some better places to put a rare. Yeah. Since yeah. you don't get a bonus anyway for using a rare. But yeah, for a uh, for an uncommon, definitely. Especially, really um, this is probably good good timing to talk about uh, the actual warband composition and and how we would run it. Yeah. So maybe I'll I'll start off and say how I've run it. Uh, not not saying that this is the the best way to <laughs> run it, but I think pretty good all round. So I use two points of mounted hearth guard. Whether or not you use cataphract, I guess that's up to kind of what you're facing. The matchup, yeah. Then I took one and a half points of warriors, half a point using the manubalista, and then the rest just uh, just levies. That's uh, two points of levies for that one. And then the levies are split in... Uh, I, I split them up because essentially if you're taking the, the unit of Hearthguard as a, a big block, you've got one dice, you've got your Warlord, so that's two dice. You've got your big block of Warrior, Bowman, so that's three dice. No dice for Manubalista, unfortunately. And then I kind of had to split up the levy in three smaller units just to kind of bring up the dice up to six dice, which wasn't, wasn't super optimal because... Um, they become relatively fragile. I think in future I would probably reduce the number of Hearthguard down to uh, one and a half points, and then add uh, additional additional levy. Yeah, I, um, uh... so 
I think I think it it's it, it makes it relatively good all round um all round force. And then the way I would actually use it is uh the hearth guard as actually killing stuff kind of that's been weakened by shooting. So you keep them uh, behind a little bit and then you essentially spread out your levy around your your warrior uh, bowman uh, to take advantage of the combined formation since you can get that extra range and you can shoot around obstacles and then you put your mandibalista somewhere where you obviously have the biggest uh, field of fire uh, so essentially it's a very shooty everything's kind of set up to shoot to to support the shooting uh, warriors and the mandibalista and then if anything gets close you plumb out them and you kind of hope for the best if they charge you <laughs> and then you uh, use the hearth guard as a, a counter charge type uh type unit how about you how would you uh run them tim right i think i think we're close but not not quite the same i uh, i like running like a six stack of hearth guard i, I always i think that's the like for almost every warband that's the sweet spot and depending on the matchup i, I would even run them as uh as no no equipment but my favorite one is horses just no cataphract just horses um I'll I'll run the I uh, I take the Manubalista. It's just it's just really good, and then the, like the remaining four points are just warriors for me, and that's uh, this is very very situational. I think it's very good to have composite bow warriors at the ready, not because that they're super great, but in some matchups they are. <laughs> so I think it's nice to have them ready, but just you need you need a twelve stack of one and a half points of bow warriors just just to be able to activate combined formation very effective and uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll just take depending on the enemy i'll just take um the remaining two and a half points as composite or no no equipment option warriors i think that's where it's at for me i see that the uh levy with no equipment options are also like ace they're really good i'm a big fan of those kind of levies because they're just annoying and yeah they, they like they never feel good to charge no and and they actually get some decent buffs with this uh with this board with the plumbata because you can you don't actually have to charge them in to get a reasonable amount of uh kind of like you know yeah, fair attack enough. dice yep. in terms of the the, the plumbata so um, yeah. And then they they actually just become an extension of of your bow armed warriors, and they can act both as a kind of a speed bump um, if you deploy them beforehand, <laughs> um, yeah. and and you kind of negate the problem with the bow armed warriors where they can't like you don't want them to get charged. So you, it's good to have a, a unit like this that can close ranks, and you don't particularly care if they if they die because you can still use them. For the combined formation there's no minimum size of the unit really like you yeah, lose on the yeah, range yeah, like in yeah. terms of you know smaller the unit that you're using to, to kind of springboard off using combined fish and like it it reduces the range but it doesn't really matter that much basically they're just a kind of a meat shield with a little bit of a punch you don't care too much you don't you're not doing real damage with them you're just kind of closing ranks if you get charged and then yeah. you uh you plumb out to people Yep, weathering the storm. Would you take them to a uh, a tournament? Yeah, I would take them to a tournament. I, I'm not sure they're the greatest faction in the Age of Invasion book. Um, I think the the Goths or the Huns and maybe even the Sassanids outperform them. But I also think they can absolutely face every single faction in here and like not screw up big time. So uh, yeah, I would take them. Um, I'm not sure if I could make uh, first like win first place with them. But you'd definitely end up in the like upper half, I think. I think they're solid, right? They're um, yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna horribly lose because uh, you've got enough abilities to kind of yep. kind of hang in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But I think you're gonna 
have have some trouble if your shooting isn't going your way or if there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, stuff on the board where you can't quite use your menu ballista that's going to become more difficult so i think there would i take them to a tournament myself i probably would i th- i think uh, they're they're not the first yeah. one uh kind of on on my list of of warbands that i would take <laughs> it might not even be the second one but maybe maybe they're <laughs> they're the third um yeah, they're, they're number four for me, I think. The costing in terms of the having that extra impetus price attached to some of the abilities makes it very tough. And, and um, don't catch up on the kind of the dice efficiency in other ways in terms of being able to activate multiple units very easily or kind of getting that really big punch in terms of uh, additional attack dice from i think it's it's very dice intensive and then also the way that you you kind of want to create your warband means that you don't actually have that many dice and the only way that they kind of put this uh, structured the board where you can get some additional dice is the adversity that's only if you have low impetus and then if you have low impetus you probably want to put some of those dice that you're rolling back on the rally and cry to bring your impetus back up yeah so you're not really yeah. gaining that much and then i guess the signal where you can rest two units very easily that's you gain some dice but in terms of what we talked about with baritus where you lose a lot of impetus if you want to activate multiple units and then you also have to trigger it with two abilities uh two dice like yeah it just makes it very very dice intensive i think Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think the playstyle itself is is fine. It's maybe a little bit more uh, defensive and and sit back and shoot than I particularly like. But some people like that kind of playstyle where they um, where they hang back a little bit and see what the opponent does and put the put the pressure on the opponent to use the dice to actually move up and everything else. So I think that that can work. But for me, it's it's not the the most fascinating playstyle. Uh, that I can think of. Yeah, like even us talking about it, I feel I think they're uh, in our hearts. They they strike a very like mediocre place. <laughs> they're just that's just their whole thing. They're um, they they don't suck. They're not ama- like not amazing. They're just yeah. Decent. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think in the the right hands they can be uh, they can do really well. Maybe maybe the hype levels are a little bit lower than for Huns and for Goths. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. I, I I won't have to go out and buy like another army. Uh, so this this time so and because i have them so um yeah the thing is if you have the playstyle and the patience that would be my biggest problem to wait and trick your opponent into actually like running into you or like preparing your your feast your, your you they can definitely deliver the punch for sure but yeah they're not the alpha strike army like huns or goths or maybe even assassin itself yeah. all right should we move move on and talk about the uh, the model choices so there's no way we can get around to saying every single model choice this is one of the most well-served model armies in terms of models available so in terms of plastics i think we're now up to gripping beasts as as a really nice kit i think we both have a a plastic plastic uh, roman army from gripping beast that's correct yeah yeah and uh, they have a both the army box which i know you're a big fan of personally i used the just the late roman infantry box that's 44 models for i think it was 25 euros at the time there you get a mix of 16 bow armed warriors, 16 unarmored guys with uh, spears or swords, and then eight armored uh, bodies, and then a, kind of a handful of other autos which you can customize to make your uh, to warlord or standard bearers or stuff like that. So you can make a six point army or warband just by spending 25 euros. Uh, it's not this, the most optimal, but it'll get you going pretty quickly. I know you're yeah. uh, you're also a fan of. Uh, 
two, buying two boxes of the, uh, the the four point army deal and mixing and matching there. Yeah, I I did that for myself. Um, I actually bought one of the forty four infantry kits and one of the uh, army deals, and that just made a like a ten point army for me or like a twelve point army. I don't even know. And it's uh, I painted them all up, have all the options. Um, so uh, yeah. It's. I think the Romans might be the like cost most cost efficient and easiest way to get into Age of Invasions or Saga in like yeah, yeah overall. I think so too. It, I think it even manages to be more cost efficient than doing Republican Romans and using the Vic, Victrix kit. Yeah. Uh, so in that terms, it's it's very good. You also have a, a number of other kits which you can use in terms of the cataphracts, the plastic cataphracts from Gripping Beast, the light Roman uh, cavalry, and the heavy Roman cavalry. So there's yeah there's just so such a, a big choice of different uh, different units. The light Roman cavalry is the ones I've actually used because you can both use them as or it has options to use them as composite bow armed warriors. It has a lot of nice helmets. The helmets in that kit are actually a lot nicer than what what gets delivered with the uh, the infantry kit. So you can mix and yeah. match some of the helmets because I'm not a big fan of the helmets included in the infantry kit because they doesn't really make sense it looks a little bit <laughs> kind of out of place in terms of the the timing of uh when the age of invasions is set and then also uh so you can be you can make composite bow warriors you can mix and match uh other gripping beast plastic kits so you can kind of switch out the bodies with the the arab cavalry sets which is what i did to make them a little bit heavier and more hearth guard looking yeah, and then just give them some swords, and then you're good to go. Or you can give them uh, javelins and have like a really light type cavalry. And then the other heavy cavalry just has uh, guys with chainmail riding horses. So that's pretty pretty good. And then War Games Atlantic recently yes, released yes. their uh, their late Roman set. However, the downside here is this is only melee models are included. But the, they also just released the Goth set. Oh, it's actually out now. Yeah, and the the like the Wargames Atlantic Roman and Goth set. They, I mean, they have different names, but they're kind of like the same. The one is just armored, the other one is unarmored. So they're made to mix and match. They all the weapons, all the helmets fit. So if you want to make a Roman warband and you bought both of the sets, you'll have a. I think probably better looking warband than if you bought the from bought them from Gripping Beast, but they're also going to be more expensive. And the um, the bow options can be very very easily um, be taken from Victrix because they have a late Roman um, like bowmen, so I, like archers. I think uh, they they look amazing. So there, there's so much late Roman plastic out there. It's uh, it's incredible. Definitely, I think Victrix is also releasing. Of the generic Age of Invasions, Germanic, Britain, and Roman kit all in one. Mm -hmm. I have no idea when they've been teasing that for probably two years now. Um, <laughs> so that will come out at some point. So I'm pretty sure you, with some head uh, head swaps, you can get pretty close to uh, covering a lot of stuff. However, again, then you're missing the cavalry options. Yeah. Because uh, using the cavalry from the normans isn't it's not going to work you can't you can't swap yeah. out the helmets because uh the helmets are the very weird like uh, oh the integrated like ones. helmets yeah, oh, yeah, yeah yeah okay so that doesn't work and also in terms of just you know having stirrups and stuff like that doesn't quite work and then the other option the gallic cavalry is just a little bit too early kind of too rural <laughs> too, too ancient so yeah that doesn't quite work um so that's a little bit difficult but uh and Wargames Atlantic doesn't like doesn't have 
uh, cavalry yet. They will have in like probably the next six months, but they don't have it yet. I think those are most of the classic options. And yeah. then in terms of metals, it's kind of all the, the usual uh, suspects in terms of gripping beast has everything, every every different option. Footsore has every different option. I think Aventine has every different option and probably many, many more as well. So like too, too many to list. So yeah. pretty much everyone has a line. Maybe one thing to note is the Manu Ballista. I'm using like a one euro fifty uh, MDF Manu Ballista. Right. With some uh, some guys stuck on the base. For me, that worked. It, how about you? So I bought a I think good looking one um, from our uh, German Saga Messiah. So uh, it's it's for, it's from Stronghold Terrain. I think he he casts it himself. It's a yeah, it's a it's a metal mini. I know I know. Um, and it has two crewmen that are also metal. But the cool thing is. Uh, you can you can take out the crewmen and like have them as individual models on the battlefield if you want them, or you can yeah they they're kind of magnetized from the get go like from the delivery includes the magnets and all the yeah all the instructions. I I think it's a really really good kit and uh, I would totally recommend it. But it's also like I think fourteen euros. Yeah no that's that's very reasonable I think especially because then you don't have to mess around with converting uh, yeah crew members and stuff like that. So that saves you a lot of time probably worth the 14 euros how many how many thumbs up for romans <laughs> out of out of five i'll give them just i think what their whole theme is i'll give them right in the middle three i would also give them a, a solid three out of five thumbs up yeah they're enjoyable to enjoyable to play but i'm, I'm not fanatical about them. yes that, that that's just that sums it up perfectly yeah that, that should be our ending that's just yeah thank you very much for joining me tonight tim yes a pleasure as usual and uh what what have we got in store for our listeners next right so i think we're both kind of kind of looking forward to the franks kind of i think they uh they play very differently or like very in they're interesting they might might not be the greatest again but i think they're interesting so um, i'm looking forward to talking about them and sharing yeah, my experiences think, um, yeah i'm uh, i've got a game lined up to uh to test them out so uh I find it very difficult to actually figure out what what I'm supposed to be doing just by reading the board. So yeah, yeah. I think a, a baptism by fire is necessary for me <laughs> yeah. to to fully understand what what this board is about. And then obviously we still have to cover the Britons, the Saxons. Yep, that should be it. And we yeah. uh, we've rounded up, we've rounded up the age of invasions, and we can. Uh, move on to a, a different era or a completely different concept who knows yeah you can you can absolutely leave us voicemails about what you would love to hear like right we, we are we're doing it for like for us but also like because people like to hear it i think all right thank you very much thank you for listening and we will catch you soon thank you bye bye